Hey, what's up everybody? It's Aaron with Hex Life and Style. So in episode 15, I interview my buddy Kevin Newman of Junk Palace Vintage. Now, we went on location for this one. We went to Mirror Twin Brewing to film it. We drank for about two to three hours before we started shooting the podcast. So I'm going to warn you, this podcast goes a little off the rails. However, Kevin is a great guy. He is extremely hilarious and very knowledgeable at what he does. So grab your drinks, sit back, and enjoy episode number 15 with my buddy Kevin of Junk Palace Vintage. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm with Kevin of Junk Palace Vintage. Super pumped about this. I've been, it's been a long time coming. I've been asking this guy for a while. I'm like, do the podcast. And he, uh, he hesitated a little bit, but he's awesome. He's right next to the, uh, (laughs) the handicap sign, which is phenomenal because he is definitely old school and I love it. He's like me. He's he makes me look young, so he's the you're the, the oldest guy in the game. Because <laughs> he is, he's the young, he's the oldest guy in the game. But I'm so excited about this, Kevin, dude. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for doing this. Good to see you. Aaron. We've already we got here at five, just so you know, and it is what eight. It is eight, <laughs> and we we have seriously we have sat here and we've talked about anything and everything you could imagine. And that's what I love about it. But we have a lot more to talk about. We'll probably rehash some things that we've already talked about. But I want to start with, Kevin, how did you get started in reselling and in vintage and just the whole scene? Talk a little bit about that. Talk about the history of it. And then we'll kind of go from there. Wow. That's a big question, Bob. Okay, so... (laughs) I grew up in these apartments. I lived with my mom and my grandmother. And we had like a little storage unit down under the apartment buildings. And I went down there one day and I started digging through it and I found this little box. Came from a great grandfather that was in World War One. Had a little William Harding campaign button and all that stuff. I don't know, that button just kind of triggered me. I was probably eight nine ten years old i got into campaign buttons okay cool (laughs) so i started collecting these things and at my school like once a month they would have these coin shows i kind of collected coins a little bit but i noticed all these guys had all this other stuff uh, buttons and things on the side so i started getting into that what was the question again what got you into vintage <laughs> buttons got you into vintage. okay so political buttons. yeah you. but long story short i collected a lot of junk and then i went to college the punk scene started really coming on blondie and sex pistols and ramones and all that stuff was like kind of had it like a 50s fashion thing kind of a an anti so relate that to what the younger people would maybe understand. So it might be like your Nirvana. Those, hey, just so everybody knows, those punk, that would be considered your Nirvana, your what, your 
Red Hot Chili Peppers. It was kind of anti-establishment. So we would go to thrift stores and we'd buy all this cool shit, like for a dollar or two. And we'd come home and we're wearing zoot suits and we were, we were stray cats, we were blondie, we were sex pistols, we were Elvis Costello. We were all that shit. Yeah. And it was so cool. Like little skinny sunglasses, all that stuff for like little or no money and it was it was fun yeah and when i was in college i got into a job where i was hiring bands and uh, entertainment for the college it was part of my job and i got elected to do that and the band started coming to my dorm room before the show and they buy this stuff from awesome. sunglasses, jackets, yeah, just yeah, for the style, that's all that, the uh, yeah, stuff. all that stuff. It was it was exploding. It was kind of a a punk new wave. We weren't totally punk because honestly, Sex Pistols were unlistenable. Yeah, but the new wave, all that stuff was cool. Uh, Ramones, it was fun, and so I realized there was some money in it, and. Uh, what's that 45 six seven years ago yeah so you started turning that stuff selling it to the actual bands themselves right and kind of moving some of the the new style the new fashion which is really cool because you know you don't really think about that in 2020 you think about okay i'm selling this piece of vintage clothing or this that piece of vintage clothing to that person for you know they're enjoying it it's a college kid or whatever but when you when you strip it back to like the actual bands and like the people who were following the bands, it was a fashion statement. Like they wanted to, they wanted to have the coolest stuff and make that fashion statement for sure. Oh, absolutely. And and we wanted to look as cool as those guys were, even though we were going to school in West Virginia. There was no internet. There was no TV. So a lot of times when I got home to New Jersey, where I'm from was when I would like hear about this. Yeah. And then I would take it back to, to West Virginia. To West Virginia and and all the guys are from like Kansas and and, and Pittsburgh and, and places that don't see what's going on. So you grew up in New Jersey. Yeah, we were betting on horse races that that happened like two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it like? How long did you live in New Jersey? When did you leave New Jersey? My whole life. Uh, I ran away and went to college. Okay. My dad in West was, Virginia. My dad was a race car driver. I wasn't. I really wasn't a hard ass. So, it's like I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna work at a gas station. Maybe I'm gonna go to college and figure it out. Are you gonna educate? Yeah. Which you did. And that is that what turned you on to entrepreneurship, probably. No. Uh, from the time I was five, six, seven years old, I always had a... We got the Harley guys behind us. We got some good choppers, though. You can't, you can't... I always had a lemonade stand, or uh, we lived on the edge of a golf course, so I would, like, find golf balls and polish them and sell them on Saturday. I was a shine boy for probably four years, 35 cents a shine. Everybody gave me a dollar. Except Warren Craft. You still have a beat for Warren Craft. I do. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's like what he paid you fifty cents. Like fifty years later. <laughs> yeah, I can get through with that. I mean, I mean, there's people that I can remember. As no, a kid, he gave me thirty-five cents. Everybody else gave me a dollar. And he gave you thirty-five cents. Yeah. Probably the richest man. The, the shine was thirty-five cents. He was probably the richest man, though, right? He was the manager. I can attest to that. I mean, I can remember working on a farm and ripping out an entire fence row and walking home and saying, looking at my dad saying, he paid me 20 bucks and I worked all day ripping a fence row. And my dad's like, well, you're going to go back tomorrow. He'll pay you more and more the more you go back and the better job you do. I never understood that until I went back. And then all of a sudden I started getting amazing his wife would cook an amazing meal at lunch and then all of a sudden he started paying more and all of a sudden he started trusting me doing to do more and he was paying more and more and more so i guess that's part of the process you know i, I did that for hay bales when i when i went through college yeah I get five cents a bale plus a home-cooked meal yeah and the home-cooked meal was way more work it was wasn't it i mean wouldn't you give uh, your right arm for that today Heck yeah <laughs> so you know anybody who doesn't know kevin junk palace vintage i mean this guy's been in the game for a long long time and i mean very knowledgeable very good at what he does so let's get into that a little bit so you're probably around along the same lines as i am how hard has it been for you to adjust to the new style of vintage Wow. That's a big question. It's a struggle. I mean, these kids, they're good. And a lot of them work hard. I mean, I, I, I try to follow on Instagram, and some of these kids are working like 7 a.m. till 7 p.m. And they're good at it. And most of them are working on the kind of streetwear thing, which – they're teaching me a lot. I'm, I'm learning a lot yeah. from those kids. Uh, but they're starting to discover some pretty cool shit. <laughs> shit that I like. Yeah. And dang it. But the good thing is they're saving it. You know, I wouldn't have found that stuff to begin with because I'm not a, I'm not a bin guy. I'm not. Uh, but it's, di yeah, it's different. It is. It is. It's tough. And the best thing you could do in what you have done, I think what I've done is embrace that, try to understand it a little bit. Um, but you said something to me earlier that really resonated with me. I mean, you really start to, you invest in your passion. You invest in what you believe in, what you love, like what you like. So talk a little bit about that. I mean, because these younger, the younger generation right now is really looking to cast thoughts on trends and some things that maybe be pop, maybe popular or nostalgia, the nostalgia aspect of it. But, but for you, I mean, let's talk about what is real and that, and I'm talking along the lines of forties and fifties and sixties type stuff, which there wasn't a lot of it made. And so it's a little bit more sought after. 
they're starting to discover those type of things. But let's talk about what maybe how that relates with you and what you do and, and all of that. Well, I, I mean, when I started, I was looking for 30s, 40s, 50s things. That was kind of, uh, that was Stray Cats. That was uh, uh, Ramones. That was uh, Elvis Costello. That was uh, The Knack. They were wearing all these cool suits and little skinny ties and all that. Yeah. Uh, the zoot suit stuff. Yeah. What was the question? <laughs> I love you, man. I love you. No, so I'm just talking about... So we've been here for three hours. We have been. This is, this is my parking spot. And right? this is what makes this awesome. Let me just tell you all, if you're not tuning in, if you haven't tuned into my podcast, or if you haven't tuned into the video podcast, this is one you need to tune into. Because this guy, as you can, he is well-weathered, and he understands everything across the board first and foremost you're you have a love for for what you do and a passion but but where i was going with hold on hold on kevin kevin likes to talk too so hold on so so the thing i would ask you is like from a relation standpoint how do you adapt to the new age type of vintage from that standpoint how do you relate to that? How do you adjust to that? Because it's really the trends and the, some of the things that are taking over right now. I mean, you've got people out there selling 2000s t-shirts, 2000, 2005 t-shirts for a hundred plus dollars. Whereas I can't sell a 60 or 70 t-shirt that has, that was made that is very rare from that standpoint. I can't sell it for, 80 or you know 30 bucks i follow the trends uh i mean i watch those kids i love that those kids are coming on i hate the competition but i, I like what they're doing i it's definitely the more the merrier and i definitely feel that way and i just i just watch them i mean when the tommy hilfiger thing like blew up five years ago I was like, I was throwing that shit in the trash and you know, yeah. everybody's moved on from it, but I'm learning a lot from those kids. I, f I feel like the more the merrier, uh, cause we're not all doing exactly the same thing. I'm more like, if somebody asked me, I would say I'm an antique clothing dealer. Yeah, 100%. I hate to use the word vintage because vintage could be 2016. <laughs> yeah, it, so, it could be. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm learning from all those guys. Well, I think that's the cool thing about it. I mean, you are unlike a lot of people because you open yourself up to learn. And I've talked to a lot of people on my podcast about this. I mean part of what we do is understanding and learning the trends, understanding what is important from a fashion standpoint or a style standpoint. And it might not be that fifties or that forties piece that you're passionate about. It might be that two thousands piece that you're, you don't understand or that you don't even know what it is. And I struggle with that a little bit from that standpoint. But I think the ability as a reseller is to understand the trends and understand what for that fashion is and what's 
important to the your customers. So tap into that a little bit. Well, so are you are are you now hold on because you're you're, you're going to jump on this. Are you a collector first or are you a reseller first? I'm a reseller first. I don't collect anything. I did back in the day, but you know I'm 62. I don't. I'm trying to get rid of shit. So. At the end of the day, I got to make a dollar. Okay. Uh, my passion can't be supported unless unless I make some money. So. Well, your wife's not gonna let that happen. I'll buy anything. Yeah, my wife's got a good retirement. She's a great supporter of what I do. But you know, this is dream come true to me. At 62 years old, I get to do what I want to do. So, what was the question again? <laughs> You're a classic, man. You're a classic. I'm asking you, what, what, what is the, what, how are you relating to the new age type oh, okay. of this versus so, what you do? So, I don't love that stuff. This guy's great. But I, but I can find it. I mean, I, I like to go out and find it, and I like to flip it really quick. I don't have a store. I don't have a storage unit. I've just got a little room in my garage. And so let's let's tap into that a little bit. So you are buying a lot of this new age stuff, this 2000s, 90s stuff, and you're sending it to Music City Vintage, to, you know, the Banana, a lot of those places that people probably don't even know what we're talking about. But you sell it to people, or you're taking it to people who can have shops, who can resell it. Right. And, and you're, you're turning your, you're making your profit off of it. And then you're moving on, right? Correct. But yet, do you hold on to the stuff that is important to you that you like? Like your 50 stuff, your 40 stuff, the stuff that. Okay. So holds I, a little more value. I do to hold a little bit of that stuff back. Like, well, right now it's COVID. So we got no shows to go to. I like to set up a little bit of a show or an extravaganza, you know. Oh, look at this whole table full of cool shit. I hold that stuff back a little bit. Yeah. But when it comes to, you know, snapback hats and you get rid of t-shirts, you know, it just flies oh, in. We got a pizza coming. Out. Hello. Hi. Say hi to Thank uh, you so much. America. Hi, America. <laughs> We're at Mirror Twin Brewing. And um, rolling oven, yeah. rolling oven pizza is phenomenal. But we're at Mirror Twin Brewing right now. Little ad here, we'll throw it out an ad. Rolling oven pizza is phenomenal. Don't spill it, Kevin. And we're at Mirror Twin Brewing, and it, it is phenomenal as well. The beer is great. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let me know if y'all need anything else. Yes, thank you. So let me ask you this though, really quick. Okay. So. What do you like? What is it you're passionate about? Like, what does that look like? What? Because I mean, you you're a reseller first. You said you buy, you resell. What what feeds you? Like, what's the passion behind it, Kevin? It's a total sickness. I mean, I, I don't know what else to call it. I'm. I've been obsessed with it for. 20, 30, 40 years, and 
I don't know. I don't know if I get off on on buying it or if I get off on selling it. Yeah. It's just the hunt is pretty cool. I mean, I like the hunt. And it's I've always been a guy that's kind of been a little bit off the grid and a little bit I like, I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. So it was cool when I started. There wasn't a lot of people doing it. It was pretty obscure here in Kentucky. I mean, I had my, I could pick anywhere I wanted. There was nothing. There was no bins. There was no, there was no dudes. There was nobody looking for the stuff I was looking for. And sometimes I tell my wife, I picked everything there is. I picked it dry. Yeah. So I would agree. I mean, I would agree with you. The 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 hunt is by far what it is exciting. I mean, finding what people other people want. It's really not even the idea of selling it so much as it is like finding what other people would like to have. You mentioned the American Thunder Tees earlier and you know you those are a dime a dozen you can find those a lot of different places i had no idea yeah until like so, a month ago so they made a lot of those and um like like you know with the excitement of travis scott and kanye west and a lot of those you know um asap rocky and a lot of those those uh rappers were wearing those t-shirts and they just blew those up significantly so they went from what would normally be like a ten dollar t shirt to a two hundred dollar t shirt really quick. And that was what make it made it cool because I knew I could find those. I knew you could find those at a at yard sales and stuff for pennies on the dollar. You know. What let me ask you this. So do you follow like this is important for a lot of the younger resellers out there, so take note of this. So this guy has been in it for a long time. We got people in the background wearing their masks. I like it. I like that they're wearing their masks. But one of the things I will say to Kevin is, so do you do you follow as a reseller? Do you and a collector? Because you are a collector. At the end of the day, you're a collector. Do you follow trends? Absolutely. Or do you follow what Kevin likes? I follow trends, but I don't hunt the trends. I hunt what I like originally. I hunt 20s, 30s, 40s, vintage denim, sweatshirts, T-shirts. That's my thing. That's hard to find. I don't find too many of those. But, dude, I'm hunting all day long. So if, if I come across stuff that people like from the 90s or the 80s or the 70s, I'm going to buy it. I mean, I, I just I just now got into American Thunder like two weeks ago, so I'm probably late to that party, but I, I try to pay attention. I mean, I got a lot of young guys that I follow. There's way more people that I follow than follow me. And I don't, I don't care how many followers. But it's okay. It's okay, though. I mean, you look at the American Thunder Tees. I mean, were they popping in California uh, six months ago? A hundred percent. But when you start looking at them from a standpoint of 
you know, territory-wise, they're going to still be popular. They're still going to be popular in Ohio. They're still going to be popular in Kentucky. And the trend that was hit in, in like, California out on the West Coast and further up East Coast, it's going to still going to transform into the Midwest. I sell mine for $60. Everybody else is selling them for $200. Yeah. You can go to Rucker John Instagram. Don't don't give your and don't, buy all you want. Don't, don't give out your source. Hey, this guy's gotten drunk. I'm giving out my source. Hey, Kevin's gotten drunk and he's giving out his source for now. He's starting to give out a source. I don't mind. That guy's the greatest. <laughs> so talk a little bit about. Um, so let's talk about growing up, man. I mean. You talked a lot about growing up as a kid and how you got into vintage and all that. Talk a little bit about, like, now. I mean, how's it been being a reseller? Um, kind of – you had a sales job for a long time. Um, talk about now that you're 100% kind of somewhat retired and the, the passion and all that. Talk about your son a little bit, if you don't care. I mean, your son's, what, a big X Games BMXer? He is. I'm very proud of him. Um, I would be too. So the vintage thing, I've always been into kind of antiques and vintage and all that stuff. And uh, I'm going to say 45 years in vintage. Uh, just kind of always went with the antiques and stuff that I bought. What was the question again? <laughs> I love you, brother. <laughs> so besides getting into like having a, growing up in that how's it been like leaving your job finding your passion with antiques yeah, okay so and how's it tied in with your family i mean your 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 son and all of that because okay, your son so, is your son's pretty entrenched in the x games he's he's downplaying this his son is a big bmx guy in the x games and he's pretty involved in what you do right his he's um i've passed the torch but yeah uh, it's kind of been a, a bone of contention with my wife and i i mean i'm pretty passionate about it um but she's not and that's understandable oh no i, I guess get i get it my wife my wife loves me and i love her but it's hard for her to understand this type of lifestyle this type of vintage right it's, Am it's, I right? Yeah. Well, you, you, there's nothing to understand. I mean, it's like heroin. It's like uh, cocaine. It's like it's it's an addiction, and it's stronger than. I don't know what that stuff is like because I've never been there, but it's pretty strong. I mean, when I wake up in the morning. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure out where I'm gonna go, and when I get home at night. I'm trying to like program all my conquests, like all the stuff I found that day. Yeah. It's like, I can't, I can't stop it. The, the good thing is I don't collect anything. You're right. So You're I, right. I buy it and I flip it and everything is good with the world. My wife's retired. I'm retired. Uh, don't wait till you're 62 to start doing this shit. 
that's what I'm talking about. That's where I want. That's what I was wanting to hear. You're right, man. It is an addiction. It's 100% an addiction, and um, like anything else, and that's what makes it fun, I think, and that's what we feed off of. Let me. I have a question. Do you hit the the Frankfurt Goodwill every day? I I hit the Frankfurt Goodwill about once every four months. Really. I lied, dude. I told everybody you hit it every day. I hate. I was like, I told everybody, I was like, don't even go to the Frankfurt that's, Goodwill. Kevin my, hits it every that's day. That's my least favorite Goodwill of all of them. So. Well, I figured you hit it every day. That's why nobody ever does anything. It's there. an open book. I, I'm not a Goodwill guy that much. I like to find stores, and you know, in my 35 sales, years with Morton sales. Buildings, I traveled probably two or three hundred miles across Kentucky every day. And I'd find little places in town, like little stores, little stuff that would just, like, I'd keep an eye on. And, uh, I mean, it might. So, let's talk about that. Let's okay. talk about that. So, listen, young guys, I love you to death. Love you to death. So, when I say this, this is with a huge heart right now. Something that's lost in what we do is, 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 is knocking on the door and asking questions. So let's talk a little bit about that, Kevin, because you do this, and that's why you're so successful. Guys, in case you notice, Junk Palace, vintage. Kevin, dude, this dude is <laughs> – look, look, he is – he's got it down. He's been doing this for a long time. So listen and – Listen to what he's saying. So let's talk about this. So you ask questions. You go into a situation where you might be working, you're doing your other job, you're building a building, or you're selling something, but you ask questions. Okay. How much of what you do and how much of what you gain from a standpoint of being able to thrift and find stuff comes from you asking questions and starting a conversation? That's a good question, because I'm a pretty timid guy. So uh, yeah, I noticed. I don't ask a lot of questions. Well, I drink a little and I ask a lot. <laughs> uh, but that's a good question, because I travel into all these towns, like all over Kentucky, three, four hundred miles from here, and I might have an appointment like that evening. But I'll leave my office at 9 o'clock in the morning, and I'll, I'll get to that town at noon. So I'll just start traveling the back roads, you know, seeing what I can find, and just making friends there. And, and I tell them what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm looking for stuff in your attic. I'm looking for stuff in your basement. It was hard when I was in my 30s and 40s. But now that I'm in my 60s, the people are a little more trusting. Even though I'm the same guy I was. What do you think that is? Well, everybody trusts an old guy. You think? Oh, it's great hair for one thing. <laughs> Maybe they can relate a little bit. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to be the same age as the people I'm, I'm hitting up. If you're a kid, you're like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I, I can get that. I mean, they can relate and they want to talk to you and they want to, you, you're interested too. I mean, part of this is just being interested in what their story is, like what, what they want to talk about. I've been around a long enough that when I go to stores, I can tell them that I remember when their grandfather had this store or when their father had this store. And I remember I had my eye on this stuff years ago. Yeah. See, that's the amazing part of it. I mean, you're, you're, you're years and years and years into to this. So like, I mean, you've gone into these places and you've looked up on the shelf and you're like, ah, that's amazing. I want it. I want that. Or I've seen that, or that's going to be worth like an insane amount of money at some point. I mean, you, you've, you've looked at that and you've seen that and then you go back and you revisit that with a lot of these people and it might be grandkids. It might be kids or whatever it may be, but be able to tell the story that I was here in 1981 and this was amazing to me. That's pretty cool. And they usually relate to the story. I, I told them about their grandfather or their father and it's fun. I mean, I by the way, on IRS, you get 54 cents a mile. So I'm not afraid to travel it. Talk about that. What is, um, so you travel a lot? Do you kind of make it like a journey? You make it fun for you and your wife or what? What do you do? My wife, Debbie, she, uh, she's retired as a director from uh, Kentucky State. And she's been making face, uh, face masks during the COVID. There's mine. Shout out. Looks amazing, by the way. I thought you tied out that. It looks good. She's cool. She likes doing that. And uh, she wants to travel and do stuff more, but... Mike, I just, I just got here, man. This has been my dream for 30, 40 years. I want to, I want to hunt vintage. So is she cool with that? She's cool. She goes with you. She rolls with you. No, she's not cool with it, but you know. But she, listen, let, let's, I've, let, I've been able to balance fun. both of that. Yeah. She likes paddle boarding. So I got a new paddle board and we paddle board. And so you, you'll thrift for a little bit. You go paddle board for a little bit. I get that because Lindsay, my wife is the same way, man, Kevin. She's like identical to that. She wants to do kind of her thing. She has her certain type of decor. So we'll go, we'll enjoy that for a little bit. And then we'll go to my places for a little bit kind of try to adjust to it. So let me ask you, what's you, what do you have going on? Like, I know you sell a lot on eBay, right? I do. So what do you have? Do you do um, flea markets? We talked a little bit about this earlier. We'll, we can get more in depth, but. Yeah, I mean, the COVID's kind of put a bust on flea markets. My, my best flea markets have been uh, Nashville, uh, Springfield Antique Market, you know, but, but my best money is just 
just packing up my van and taking it to Nashville. In between uh, Tommy at Black Shag Vintage, uh, Nikki at High Class Hillbilly. And, Nikki Lane. Yeah. And the guys at uh, Music City Vintage, they clean me out every time. I yeah. mean, the scene in Nashville is so much better than it is here that I get retail down there. What do you think that is? Do you have any idea? Well, they're hip. I mean, we're not hip. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it, man. I mean, they, they are. They The Nashville scene is so crazy right now. I mean, you've got all the musicians. You've got all the hipsters. You've got all everything coming. It's like a huge melting pot of what is popular and what's big for vintage and what is for what we do. I mean, so people how, from California are shopping Nashville. Oh, 100%. 100%. Because, you know, the things in California that they're looking at are insane. Yeah. And they can get it for 20%, 30% less in Nashville than they can in California. Yeah. It's unbelievable. What do you think about – so you, you mentioned Nikki Lane. Uh, so you know Nikki very well? Not very well, but I know her a little bit. Yeah. Good music, great She's music. A good buyer. She likes really cool shit. Oh yeah. So if you and have any cool shit, you sell it to Nikki Lane. What's that? High class hillbilly. At high class, high class hillbilly. Yes. Yeah. So Nikki has a place in Nashville that is phenomenal. If you haven't checked it out, definitely check it out. Um, I know she's got Nick at Warner Company there. Um, some. Really, really amazing stuff. Um, so let's talk a little bit. Let's go into a little bit more in depth. We talked about your public service announcement earlier. I want to hear it. What's your public service announcement? So his PSA, I know we've done this. What? What is it? What is it, Kevin? Let's hear it. Dang, I forgot. No, he didn't. He's not that old. He's not the old that he's going to forget because we just talked about it. What is it? What did I say? What? I have no clue. This guy, he's killing me right now. He's killing me. You do shit you love. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he's okay, he's so, blowing my mind right now. Okay, so I come out of college like Big Shot Prodigy and I'm like, Protege, protege. Hey, tomato, tomato. So, yeah. I've been doing this shit on the side, like in secret, like like an alcoholic drink stuff and hide stuff. Yeah. I've been doing this my whole life. Don't wait till you're 62 years old to do this shit. It's fucking fun, man. And, and if you got the bug, you can't explain it. You know it. You know it. There's, there's guys, there's posers all down the line. If you get the bug and you, like, get bit with this shit. Do it. I mean, it, it's, it's bad because it's like drugs or alcohol. But the good thing is, is you sell something at the end, so it's not like you're stuck. 
it's not completely hurting your health either, you know? It's not that you're putting it into your body. It's not, but, but I mean, when I go to bed at night, I'm thinking about where I'm going in the morning. And then when I go to bed at night, I think about how awesome my day was, hopefully. I mean, he's spot on. I mean, I can't, I can't disagree with him. Like, I'm 41, and this, so this is, I guess, I guess you consider this the old, the old dudes podcast, the old dudes podcast. But you're, he's absolutely right. I mean, I have a job that I do 24/7 that I that I'm so happy about, and that I that I do love. Don't get me wrong, because it at the end of the day feeds my family, and what I do is exciting. But when your passion comes into play, Kevin, as he eats that pizza, Kevin is dead on. When you when your passion comes into play, it's like a ball. It's like a game changer, and you really invest in that. And that's what's awesome about you, man, is because you don't stray from that. Like I've been to several fleas with Kevin. I've been to a few things. His prices are amazing. He's honest with what he does. At the end of the day, you feed off of the passion of finding cool stuff, selling it for a reasonable price, and just loving what you do, right? Oh, it's like cocaine. <laughs> I've never done cocaine. Well, I never have either, but, well, but I, I can imagine. But, but I can imagine, too. I can imagine. I get high when I buy it and when I sell it. So, Yeah. I love it, brother. I love it. That's a great PSA. So let's get into some other stuff. I want to get, I want to get into something else with you. Two things. Two things. I want to do like a, I want to heat do a heat check with you, and we'll do it here in a second. Oh my! But first, I want to, I want to throw some words out to you that maybe some of the new age thrifters and stuff use. Oh. And I want, I want, no, 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 no. Can I tell you which ones I don't want to hear? No, no, hold on. You can't after the end of that. But right. I want to tell you, I want to ask you a question. I want to say, I want to ask a word, and I want to see what Kevin has to say about it. So what's the word lit mean to you? Lit. I love lit. Lit is like drip, like uh, heaters. Uh, I, I like I like all that. I like the guys have their own little thing. It was kind of funny at first. I hated it. But, yeah, lit's all right. What about heat? Like he's bringing the heat? Yeah, bringing the heat. Uh, JohnRucker.com. RuckerJohn. At RuckerJohn.com. Uh, I like that guy. He, he brings the heat. What do you got now? Um, uh, let's see what else. Um, you got the dope. That's dope. Dope. Uh, dope is my friends at uh, Music City Vintage. Follow them. <laughs> okay. Um, what? Let's see what else. Uh, I can't even think what else. Uh, we'll we'll leave it at that. We'll All leave right. it at dope. Okay. <laughs> so let's do a heat check real quick with you. What is your favorite band? What's your favorite musician? Mm. Rap group, whatever. Bruce Springsteen. I knew you were going to say that. Bruce Springsteen, he looks like a Bruce Springsteen guy. He probably listens to Bruce Springsteen Christmas album. You love it, don't you? 
You don't? I don't. Uh, wild and the innocent. <laughs> wild and the innocent all day long. Yeah, he does it like the Christmas album. Okay, uh, what's your favorite food? Mexican. Mine burritos. Too. Mine too, 100%. I can get on board with that. What is your favorite thing to do besides thrifting? Selling thrifting? Besides that. That's thrifting. It's like, eh. What's your favorite thing? Make out with your wife. Hang out with your wife? <laughs> I mean, thrifting is really cool. He I mean, loves thrifting. I'm consumed. But... but Okay, what's your celebrity crush? Farrah Fawcett. I love it. And what is your favorite movie ever? Ever? Yeah. It's that one with Bruce Willis in the big tower. Die Hard? That sucks. Die Hard. That movie sucks. I love Die Hard. Yeah, that's the worst movie. <laughs> right, uh, no, it's a good movie, but it's like... Sixteen Candles. There you go. What's her name? Ryan Hall. What's her name? She's... Yeah, Sixteen Candles I'm, is I'm the best. I'm a terrible I will movie. give him Sixteen Candles is the best. Holding the underwear up, the panties up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is her name? Oh, wow. I can't fucking remember. We'll but listen... In about an hour. For sure. Listen, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We had a couple beers before this started. We really appreciate you all doing and watching this and hanging with us. Really, thank you so much, and um, we'll talk to you later. So I hope everybody enjoyed episode number 15 with my buddy Kevin of Junk Palace Vintage. If you're not following him on Instagram, it's at Junk Palace Vintage. Really simple. You know, we went on location to Mirror Twin. We had an absolute blast. We drank for about two to three hours before we even started the podcast. And Kevin was a friend of mine before uh, we met up. But, you know, learning more about Kevin and him learning more about me, it was really cool to, to understand what he does and why he does it and kind of understand some back history of how he grew up. And um, so uh, a great friendship was made in the process of making this podcast. And... Um, I hope you all enjoyed it. Like I said, it goes a it went a little off the rails, but Kevin is a great guy. He's very smart, very good at what he does, and absolutely hilarious. So I have to say, this is one of the, the podcasts that I enjoy doing the most, probably because there was booze involved, but um, I want to say thank you to, to Kevin and um, for doing the podcast, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. So we've got a lot of good stuff coming up here in the next few months. A lot of good guests coming to the um, to the podcast. We're going to start venturing outside of the state of Kentucky a little bit now that we've highlighted some people here locally. And um, if you know anybody um, that would be interested in coming on the podcast or you feel like would be good to be on the podcast, make sure you send me a message, DM me um, on Instagram. So I hope everybody is happy and healthy and uh, doing well. And I'll see you next week. Oh,